Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Okay, so what we're going to do, at least tonight and probably for these nights, I'm for the next few weeks, I'm going to go over one of the things that defile our hearts every time. We've already had a deliverance today based on this teaching, or helped with it, and I want you guys to listen to this and don't uh, think you already know all this, okay? We've taught parts of this before. We've taught this entire scripture years ago, but God is going really deep right now because this is a shaking, everything that can be shaken. And there was a prophet, Joshua Giles, I I guess is how you pronounce his last name, and they were interviewing, and he said, so when did the Lord say, and he's been really on target with stuff, when did the Lord say this 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 would be over, this shaking. And he said, well, he told me when everything that can be shaken is shaken. So that sounds like a pretty long time. So I'm thinking we're in the persevering trial. So God is looking for a people without spot or blemish. Amen? And you can hang on to all your junk that you want to. By the time God finishes what he's doing, it will be shaken or you will walk away from God. And we know none of us are going to walk away from God, right? So, but I thought, well, why don't we embrace this shaking and get in his word and see what he's after, amen, and work with him. And that way we take the enemy out of having anything to do with it. So go with me to Mark 7, and I'll share really quickly, because I know I shared this a little bit. How did I get to this teaching? Well, this really silly thing happened And normally, I don't even think like this. So sometimes God lets me think like some of you might think so I can kind of understand how to help you. And I'm not saying the enemy can't ever come in, but it's very rare that something this small would make me have five seconds of thinking about it. But so one of my, someone I know, let's just say a friend, um, wanted to know if they could use my beach house for a few days that was open. And I'm like, well, if I'll let you use it, if, if no one else, this is a very close friend, so don't everybody ask, right? Um, I said, if, if nobody rents it, you can use it. I'm like, why can't I use it anyway? This is a very close friend. <laughs> and I'm like, well, let me just first see if I can rent it. Cause you know, it costs a lot to do this. So that's kind of John and I, how we do this thing anyway. So once I got off that conversation, I didn't think much more of it. But then I had this thought, and it was like, well, do you care more about money than you care about that person? It's a family member. Then you care about that person? And you would rather have the money than let them go and enjoy themselves? And I'm thinking, well, it was kind of a strange question. I'm thinking, well, what does one have to do with the other? But then this thing hit me and said, well, 
you know, if he's supposed to go and you don't have him go and someone rents the place, what if something bad happens? Or what if he isn't supposed to go and you tell him he can go and this is what happens? I'm thinking, where is this conversation coming from? I knew it wasn't coming from Holy Spirit. So I just, I, I was like, I just was casting down imagination. I was like, what's going on? So then I, I've been reading, I've been listening to the um, Word of Passion written, uh, spoken out loud Bible in, in the book of Mark. And so I was, I, I was about uh, Mark, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 something. And so I went there and, and it just went back to Mark 7. And I looked down, and I'm thinking, because I'm also reading along, I'm thinking, wait, I've already done this. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, why did it go back to this? So I start to read it, and the Lord begins to show me what the real issue is. And he said, I want you to teach this. So it's not about obeying God. Because if you think, if I don't obey God, something bad's going to happen. And if I don't obey God, then the enemy's going to do this or that. The issue's not about obeying God. The issue is about what is in your heart that would hinder you from obeying God. See, you take it down deeper. What's in my heart? It wasn't, I didn't obey the Lord about breaking the power of the word spoken of my daughter um, when someone said she could die like that and the Holy Spirit put on my heart, you need to break those words. I didn't break those words. But it w the reason I didn't break those words wasn't because I was trying to disobey God or I didn't take him seriously. It was because, and I had no idea, but there was a spirit of greed in my heart. I had no idea I had greed in my heart. And I won't get into the whole story. You can go to, uh, to our um, website and look at, or go to YouTube and look under the spiritual side of tragedy. I explain it all. I had no idea there was greed in my heart. The Holy Spirit knew there was greed in my heart and Satan knew there was greed in my heart. It was also from a generational curse. Plus, I had just got done saying to the Lord, you know, if you don't put me in ministry, then take me home. And my whole thinking was, I don't have, I can't, how can I have the finances to do this? Well, the truth is if, if finances determine if you can be in ministry or not, then you're serving the wrong God. Amen? But I didn't know that then. So God wants us to look at the issues of our heart and open up our thinking to see what we don't know. Amen? Because can we all face it? There's some shaking going on. We're not everywhere we want to be in Christ yet, right? And so we want to know how. Let's keep going deeper and deeper until we're so completely one with Christ that, that nothing bothers us, honest to goodness. And so that's how we got to this teaching. And so, and this is kind of cool today. So today, this guy is so funny. Today I thought somebody was going to come help do some lawn yard work and they changed it till tomorrow. And all of a sudden I just had to go to a, uh, to like Lowell's or Home Depot. Now my brain's going, why? It's so beautiful outside. It's going to be cold this weekend. So you can't plant anything anyway till next week. And why would you waste such a beautiful day going to one of those big stores looking at gardening stuff? I thought, well, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I thought, well, I don't want to stay home. So I thought I will go to another store. But I get in my car to go to another store. And I'm like, no, I really want to go to Home Depot or whatever. 
Now, I didn't. So I'm still wondering, why am I driving and going here? I'm thinking, Lord, you're up to something. So then I see Big Lots, which I never have been. I didn't even realize there was a Big Lots up in Williamsburg. Um, I don't know if I've ever been in there. So I drive up, I'm thinking, I'll go to Big Lots. Maybe the dirt will be cheaper. And I was looking for like poles and stuff to make trellises. So I, I, I park and go into Big Lots thinking, this is really crazy. So anyway, when they bring me people there and I'm walking around and I go to look at the food and I'm not knocking it, but I didn't think the prices were that good. So I put a few things in my car. I said, these prices aren't that good. So I put them back. Well, God was determined that I was going to go to the checkout. So all of a sudden I come across some cereal or something that my husband likes that was for sale. That was a good price. Okay, well, I'll get that. And then I got a few other things. And I'm still looking through this door. I still wondering, why am I in here? This is really strange. They didn't have a single gardening thing. The bag of dirt they had cost more than the dirt at the other place. So anyway, so I get up to the register. And Holy Spirit was all over me and all over this lady. And we started sharing. And she wants to come on, on the May retreat. And she'd been asking God, I want to go with some women who love God, who are hungry for God. And she goes, I'd love to go somewhere like the Outer Banks. I keep hearing about the Outer Banks. And so I just happened to mention, because I had so much toilet paper, I was a little embarrassed because, you know, I don't want to. But I said, well, I, I use this for my beach house because I supply all that. And she goes, oh, where's your beach house? Anyway, so next thing we know, we got the Holy Spirit all over us. And she's writing my phone number and I'm writing down the information. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, God, you are so cool. Amen? Because I can't even imagine how God got me into Big Lots where this woman just started working. I'll be honest, I never shopped there. I mean, ever. And I had to pass by a, Lowe, a Walmart with a garden shop, a Lowe's, a Home Depot to end up at Big Lots. Okay, what am I saying? God wants to be in charge. He wants us to learn to not, he doesn't want us being crazy. God, where do I go? You just go. He wants to be so strong in leading you that he wants to get you. He know. I just, they must have a lot of fun with figuring out how do we get this person where they need to be for what God is planning to do. Amen. And then you just get this yay, because I get up to the register, I get the Holy Spirit all over me. This lady's a, a spirit-filled believer. She's getting the Holy Spirit over her. We're sitting there talking, lines starting to grow, you know, we're like, we gotta hurry up. Anyway, so I, I'm just, and then you get so excited, you almost can't even think about anything else. And it didn't matter where you go after that, you know. I end up buying dirt and the trellis poles at Lowe's, which is where, I always end up getting them no matter what the cost is for whatever reason. Amen. These aren't ads for anywhere. I'm just saying how funny it is what God has planned. And my plans got messed up because I thought somebody was coming to help me do some lawn work. And then it was a sunny day. We could get that done. And now that's, and tomorrow I was going to go do this other stuff. I, I'm just saying he wants us that free, freer than that to flow with him. Okay. So when I got to this teaching today, let me get up here to first. Um, he's talking about the Pharisees and the scribes. He's talking about washing their hands, all this stuff. Let's just go. I'll do it really quickly, though, because I don't want to be on this really long. Uh, Mark 7, 1. Now, the Pharisees, and I'm reading. Oh, let me switch over to the King James. 
And you guys know how often I read from the King James. Okay. Then came together unto him the Pharisees, the scribes, which had come from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with the, with the filed, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they found fault in them. All right. So they are looking and looking. What are they doing? They are breaking our tradition. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands. Wait a minute. I'm going to read this in a different version <laughs> first. Let me literal. All right. It's just too hard for me to read King James. The Pharisees were assembled to him, also the scribes coming from Jerusalem, and seeing some of his disciples eating bread with unclean, that is unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash the hands with the fist holding the tradition of the elders. Coming from the market, if they do not immerse themselves, they do not get to eat. And there are many other things which they receive to hold. Dippings of cups, utensils, copper vessels, couches. And the Pharisees and the scribes question him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with unwashed hands? Answering, he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy concerning you hypocrites? As it has been written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now I'm not going to get into it, but boy, you could do an entire teaching there of what God's going to shake in the church. Amen. Mark 7, 8. For forsaking the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, immersing the utensils, the cups, and other such things you do. And he said to them, well, do you, well, do you to set aside the... So why do you set aside the commandment of God to keep your tradition? For Moses said, honor your father and your mother. The one speaking evil of a father or mother, let them expire by death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, Karban, which is a gift, whatever you may profit by me. And you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or mother making the word of God of no effect by your traditions, which you delivered and many other such things like that. Let me go real quickly to the passion. Just explain that one a little bit. Um, seven, nine in the passion, how skillful you've become in rejecting God's law in order to maintain your man-made set of rules. For example, Moses taught us, honor your father, your mother, whoever insults or mistreats their father, or the mother must be put to death. But you made up rules that allow a person to say to his parents, I've decided to take the support you were counting on me from me and make it an offering to God and that will be your blessing instead so basically they're supposed to take care of their parents but they're going to take the money they're saying the money we were going to use to take care of you we're going to give it to ministry and so let me just say anyone who teaches people to do that something's wrong amen and so Jesus is pointing that out. He says, how convenient. The rules you teach exempt him from providing for his own parents. Do you really think God will honor your traditions passed down to others, making up these rules that nullify God's word? Are you doing many? You're doing many things like that. Then Jesus called the crowd together saying, hear my words, all of you, and take them to heart. For what truly contaminates a person is not when he put what he puts into his body, but what comes out. That's what makes a person defiled. Now remember, he's talking about them saying, your disciples are eating food before they wash their hands. Therefore, the food is now dirty and contaminating them by eating it. Okay. Are we all glad that's not true? <laughs> Especially if you have little boys. All right. 
When Jesus went back home and away from the crowd, his disciples acknowledged that they didn't understand the meaning of the parable and asked him to explain. He answered them, Are you still as dull as the rest? Don't you understand that you're not defiled by what you eat? For the food you swallow doesn't enter your heart, but goes into your stomach and passes out into the sewer. This means the foods themselves are clean. He added, Words and deeds pollute a person, not food. Evil originates from inside a person, coming out of a human heart. And then here's what he calls them. Then I'm going to go back and look at the King James. Evil originates from inside a person coming out of a human heart are evil schemes, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, treachery, debauchery, jealousy, slander, arrogance, and recklessness. All these corrupt things emerge from within and constantly pollute a person. All right. Now go back to those things. Mark 7:21, And let's look at the King James. All right, does everybody understand that? God is saying what is actually sown into your heart, what you've believed, what you've allowed into your heart. Remember, your heart, this is what I believe, your heart is where your soul, your emotions, your feelings, which is your soul, connects with your spirit. Okay? It's the place that determines what goes into your spirit and what comes out of your spirit. That's why it, whew, that's good. That's why he says, we, when we um, cast out demons, you've got to believe with your heart. Amen? To get saved, you have to believe with your heart. All of a sudden, your soul, your emotions, your, your brain, your thinking, everything has to be in agreement with what God's word says and what God is revealing to you. And then you say, I believe with my heart. You don't get saved believing with your mind. You don't get free believing with your mind. You don't get free believing with your mind. It's with your heart. Is your mind in it? Your thinking is in it. Your reasoning is in it. It's what you, it's what you are perceiving and agreeing to. But when I say with my heart, I agree. I don't understand this. It's not really making sense about this Jesus, but I do believe that that he's the Lord. I do believe he's God. And when I believe with my heart, Holy Spirit comes in. When I ask for the whole baptism of the Holy Spirit and I believe with my heart, okay, then the Holy Spirit has access to come into my spirit and completely saturate me. But when I believe a lie with my whole heart, then the enemy is able to come in. So for deliverance, I believe we have to come in agreement with God and his word, ho, and with our whole heart believe in him, and then the enemy has to flee. That's why or the, he, has to, he gets cast out. Amen. Submit yourself unto the Lord. So I want you to kind of see this picture so we're not just thinking this is about our brains. Amen. It's really about that place where my, my spirit and my soul will forever be united. Now, if I don't get saved... My spirit is going to drag my soul to hell because it can't go to heaven. But if I get saved and the Holy Spirit is inside of my spirit and one with my spirit, my soul, not my body, but my soul is going to be taken to heaven. My soul does not get me to heaven. My born again spirit gets me to heaven and my soul, everything we do in the spirit, our soul goes for the ride. Our soul is not in charge of the ride. 
And that's where we're being shaken. Amen. That's where we're being shaken. You cannot be led by the spirit of God in your soul. You're led by the spirit of God, by your spirit. And then your soul is figuring out what I was telling you earlier. It's like, this doesn't even make sense. I don't even want to go shopping. This doesn't make sense. I was planning on staying home today. It's a nice day. I should be studying for tonight or something. But, but my spirit, so one with God, was like, no, we're going. I'm like, well, I don't even want to go to Home Depot. All right, a Chick-fil-A sounds okay. That's right, buy it. And then I bypass that because the line is so long. And I'm thinking, why would I come to Chick-fil-A at lunchtime? It's a crazy line. And I'm thinking, well, I'll just go. Oh, there's Big Lots. I don't ever shop at Big Lots. I, I'm fine if you do. I'm not doing an ad one way or another, but I'm, it's like, I never, like, I mean, like, I never shop at Big Lots, okay? Like, I haven't been into a Big Lots in probably 15 years. I didn't even know if that one was up there. And everything I wanted in Big Lots that, for gardening, I saw right away they didn't have it, but I didn't care. I still walked around the whole store waiting to get up to that cashier when nobody else was in line. That was not my brain leading me. Amen? That was Holy Spirit. Now my brain is processing, oh, you better get in the car and drive. Okay, well, the line's too long at Chick-fil-A. Okay, well, do you get what I'm saying? Does everybody get it? So that's where he wants us. And beyond that, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I've arrived, but it's pretty cool, you know, and I'm not concerned about, oh, did I miss it? Oh, did I obey him? I'm not, I'm not trying to figure that out. I can't live in the realm of my brain trying to figure out what to do. Amen? So I can't take any credit for God setting up this divine appointment. Amen? But I obeyed him, so I got to experience it. Get it? Is everybody getting the difference? I'm not saying they're trying to figure out what, what does God want me to do? I yield to Holy Spirit and I just happen to do what God wants me to do. And if you're too always figuring everything out and nothing's going to change that. Because I, I did have some plans for that day and those plans kind of led to it. So I went out in the woods around our house and found sticks to try to make those things. And then I realized it wouldn't go through the chicken holes or the whatever I have at the bottom to keep all the moles and stuff from getting in the garden. And so I had to find something a littler anyway. So the whole day before, and I had a really good workout and I'm getting, you know, I like being outside and I listened to worship music the whole time. So God was already setting up that meeting. How cool is God? And then we worry about, oh, am I going to miss God? Not if you let God deal with your heart issues. Amen? So we're only going to deal with one tonight. And um, that one's going to be evil thoughts. All right? We want to get rid of evil thoughts. So let me look up the word evil here. Deprived, injurious, evil, harm. Noisome. Let me look up that word. N-O-I-S-O-M-E. Let's see what that looks like in the dictionary. Disgusting. <laughs> Harmful. 
So God is telling us here to get rid of our harm, our disgusting and harmful thoughts. Um, what I do also, because I like to teach you all how to do this, if, especially if you have an e-sword and you have the different Bibles. So from there, I would just take the same exact scripture and I go look at it and amplify because it kind of gives a bigger version of everything. All right. It says base, malevolent thoughts. So I thought, well, let me look up malevolent. Powerful. That word means, bless you, wishing evil or harm to another. They use an example. His, his failures made him, um, how do you say that word? How do you say that word? Malevolent towards those who are successful, which it goes down to jealousy. All right. When I saw that word, it really hit me that, that I needed to go deeper in really dealing with this heart issue. Amen. Let me go back to the King James. So, If these things are in my heart, that means they have a spiritual connection, right? He said, get these things out of your heart, not your thoughts, not, not out of your brain. Okay? We cast down imaginations, but deliverance has to come from something freeing up. We get free in our spirit. Amen? So I had to realize, to the pure, all things are pure. Well, I, I know that I'm not, have all pure thoughts thoughts because I have to cast down some and I can think real quick how to rip somebody off. I don't do it anymore. Amen. I don't, I can think vengeance, but I don't partake of it. I don't even want to think it anymore. And it wasn't until I start really looking at this. I know we did this a long time ago that that kind of thinking is spiritual. And you could go look up the teaching on what is love we're going to do. And if something is in your heart that's hate is going to constantly stop you from being able to love. You've got to see this as a spirit. Why? Because it's in your heart. It's not saying that it's in your mind. It's not saying it's in your feelings. Okay. Does everybody get this? So I need that thing out of the way. Amen. But I got to recognize it and hate it. So, so when people participate, think of the generation that we're going to really have to help. Everything that they hear, watch, read, okay, that goes in through your eyes. You process it in your reasoning. And sometimes you're like, this is gross. I'm having nothing to do with it. And it's gone. But if you think on it, start to let it build, it's going to get into your heart. Now you need deliverance. So... let's say you're going through the TV and, and you come across <coughs> those popular movies that do witchcraft to our children, but you can't even stand the thought. Your spirit, if you get sensitive, the spirit's going to go, don't watch that. As, you know, he wants us so sensitive that's like, I can't even watch that. Well, it didn't get in if I'm getting off there as fast as I can. Amen. I'm not afraid to go through the channels because I think the devil's going to sneak one in on me. Amen. But if I stay there and I go back and I'm curious, then I'm going to get that thing in my heart. It's just like that with pornography, okay? 
Everyone who has an issue with pornography, which is everywhere in our culture, it's on regular daytime TV, it's on ads, it's everywhere. When you begin to entertain that thing, which means more than five seconds and, okay, or you're starting to look towards that thing, it now gets in your heart. It is now an evil thought. Amen? It's an evil thought. So tonight, we want to deal with, and we want those watching to deal with, these are going to be really short on Tuesday nights, this teaching part, and then we're going to have Dad get up and share, and then we'll break up into groups and everything he wants us to do. But we're going to really go over this list. Amen? Um, how many, like, even now can think, wow, I kind of think there's some things I didn't know that were evil thoughts. And, and so we, wanna, we want to spend time with Holy Spirit, say, get rid of every evil thought. Now, how could you have gotten some of these evil thoughts that actually takes on a spirit, a spiritual place in your heart? Well, if you were, uh, had an abusive parent or a critical parent and you sat there and thought about what you would like to do to them or you thought about what if this happened to you, when you mention suicide, if you ever mention suicide, you might just be kidding at first or trying to get attention or whatever, but you don't realize you just let that into your heart because out of your own mouth, you confessed an agreement with an evil thought. Amen? And there's probably almost no one who the first time they mention suicide or think about suicide actually intend to do it. They don't realize how powerful it is when I agree with the enemy and his evil thoughts and I think about that or I use that or I speak that, how that's not going to open a way to put that in my heart. That's why, let me just say to parents, that you should take it seriously because maybe they weren't taking it seriously, but Satan is. Amen? Satan is. So the, the question is, why is Satan planning this in their heart? Why are they buying into it? And how, what do I do, God, to help them be free? And the same about your own self. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the same thing. When you start to justify in your thoughts what is sin in the eyes of God, such as fornication or any other sin, homosexuality, any of the sins, when you begin to think on it, and then you start to look into it or let it, then it goes into your heart. Now you got a real spiritual problem. It's very sad that our schools are going out of their way to get these things into our children's hearts, though they don't understand what they're doing, most of them. And the church has been pretty blind to this. And then the kids think, their parents are such hypocrites because they see the stuff in their parents' hearts. We need to deal with our heart issues. Amen? They're all heart issues. But if I buy a lie, okay, I want to see how this works. If I buy a lie and I entertain that lie, and I don't know the exact point where that gets into my heart, but once it gets into my heart, it is a spiritual problem. Amen? And that problem is going to defile or pollute my life. It's going to pollute my relationships. It's going to pollute how I see things. It's going to pollute my job. It's going to pollute things. And Holy Spirit has come 
And one of his main jobs, one of his main assignments is to make the bride ready. To make God's people without spot or blemish. It's also to train us up as, as infants in the Lord and then children in the Lord and then sons and daughters all the way to fathers and mothers and the bride. Amen. He's always in process of cleansing our hearts. And truthfully, the church had better get back in the word and start letting the word do its work. See, if I read this and think I have to change this in my thinking, then I'm missing the whole idea of what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to give me a self-help book so that I'm constantly having to say no to sin. He came to set me free. He came to reveal to me, you know, where these hidden things are so I can hate what he hates. Amen. And to be free. And so few people, it seems, have even tasted of the freedom that Christ has come to set us free from. He's not trying to hurt us. He's actually got a great abundant life for us. Amen. That's awesome. No matter what happens around us, we're going to live in this great place of love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, for real. And we had better all get ready for the ride, people. We've been in it for two years now, and nobody seems to get it yet because it hasn't gotten too close. And it may not even get that close if we let the shaking take care of it. We've got to get to a place where it doesn't matter. He's going to take care of me however he's going to take care of me. And whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Led by Holy Spirit. I belong to him. He is in charge. He's the one who opens and closes door. I want to get to the place where I don't even have evil thoughts. Okay? So evil thoughts are anything about control, manipulating, questioning God. Okay? That's why he says cast down imaginations. Don't let that imagination get rooted in you, planted in you, and then become an evil thought. It can be evil about yourself. See, if, if, if I'm constantly uh, criticized, or if I'm constantly put up, put up like I'm the best of the best, then that's going to go in and create an evil thought. It's actually an evil thought to think too highly of yourself. It's actually an evil thought to think you're better than everybody else or you're smarter than everybody else or you're this or that. It's really an evil thought to get your identity from anything but Christ Jesus. Amen? You, you've got to get to such a place where you, you seriously know, I, I don't know anything but Christ and him crucified, like Paul got to. Paul had to see, you can study Paul and you can see where he went from thinking he was the best of the best apostles down to thinking, why would God even let me begin to pour into anybody else's life. And it wasn't a false humility. It was a revelation of how awesome God is and how messed up we can be. And yet God still loves us. He still uses us. He still encourages us. He still, he still comes alongside us. He doesn't give up on us. His love is unconditional. His love is unconditional. And we have to start looking at our hearts we got to quit being the judge of everybody else's heart because usually what you're looking at in somebody else that makes you so upset, it's in you. That rebellion is in you. That defiance is in you. That addiction is in you. That hate is in you. 
That self-hate is in you. That critic is in you. I'm telling you, whatever you don't have grace for in someone else, it's in you. Can I get an amen? Every time, every time it's in you. It might manifest different, but it's in you. That's why the Lord says, don't even try. This is spiritual law. Do not try to deal with the splinter in their eye until you deal with the log in your eye. What does it mean? It means because it's close to you, it looks like a log. Whatever you don't have grace to handle is because there's a heart issue that God wants you to deal with. Now, if we could all just be happy about that, he actually gives us a way to deal with stuff. So you could quit being a tyrant and a bully and a critic and a judge or the savior or the good one or the bad one or the smart one or the dumb one or the anything else and just how much is it going to take to shake you to a place of saying, God, get rid of all these evil thoughts. Amen? Get rid of all these evil thoughts. And I want you to start to see that those evil thoughts are something you thought about. It could be generational, and it spun around a little bit. At some point, you fed it. You didn't, become, you didn't get addicted to pornography the first glance, it's when you started thinking on it and dwelling on it. And then you looked again, and then you looked again, and then you say, blame, you know, Jesus could sit right there with a woman or stood there with a woman who was brought in in the act of adultery, completely naked, and he did not lust after her. The Lord wants us to get these things out of our hearts. Now, fasting, some only come out with fasting and prayer. Some things you have to really decide to do this God's way and quit trying to do it your way. You need to deal with whatever it is that has given you whatever. If you, if you, if, if being engaged is not being married. It's amazing how many people are engaged five years because they're uh, actively, sexually active together. And I will just say, you can be sexually active long distance if what you're saying and doing, you could not say and do in the presence of the Lord. It might actually show how deep self-hate might be. Or how deep lust might be. Or how deep things you've seen, even as a child or whatever, got deep into your spirit. Amen? Amen. See, when a child is exposed to pornography or violence or any of these things, their heart has that at an early age. They don't even know why they've had that. They, don't, they feel like they've always been evil. They feel like they've always thought like this. Can I just say racism, and I don't care if it's coming from the black side or the white side or the brown side or the red side or any other side. It's what we all call racism. I only think the words in scripture. But it's where we look at somebody else as a group instead of an individual, all right? And we label them there. Well, how many know that those are things that you took in or saw that if they get into your heart, 
You don't even realize the evil thoughts you have about it. Like instantly disqualifying somebody for being able to be a good parent because they're, they don't live in the best neighborhood. Well, God doesn't see parenting the way you do. Amen? And do, you see, do you see where that's an evil thought? Do you see what's an evil thought? It's an evil thought. We, we stereotype things and make it a joke, but actually they're evil thoughts that we're putting out there. And if people, well, we should laugh at this. No, the, the thing is, I don't want to, to control everybody and shut everybody up. I just personally want everything out of my heart. I don't like it when people use the Lord's name in vain. I don't care who they are. And I don't like it when people use really filthy words um, because that's what's in their vocabulary. I don't like it when it's in music. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want, I don't need to be a hypocrite. What, I, what you see is what you get. Amen? And if your children saw the same thing in your life, wherever you're at, then, then they won't call you hypocrite. Now, I, had to get, I had to let the Lord really go in and get uh, the evil thoughts that caused me to be judgmental, the evil thoughts that caused me to be critical. I had to go and spend time asking the Lord, where did I get this? Where did this come from? Now you want to get any guard I call them guard, any demon that you've allowed over your heart to block any Holy Spirit from getting in, any conviction from getting in. You need to break the power of that. It could have been new age. It could have been witchcraft. It could have been, it's basically where you gave your spirit being to another or a parent or someone did that. Or even if you go to a church as cultish and I won't get into all that because you could tell we could go on and on. I'm going to stop in a second. But um, we've got a lot of teaching on that. We'll be having more teaching on that. But I still want Tuesday nights to be where uh, we'll do a, one topic like this, really let everybody think about it. So, Father, right now we come before you. Lord, I pray that people will go deeper in this understanding of evil thoughts and how demonic they are to hurt this person, to hurt relationships, to hurt their walk with you. That we want to be free. We want this out of our heart. Lord, I just pray right now that you'll move in the hearts of the people watching this and the people here. And they'll take some real time with you, Lord, and let you deal with this issue. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say really quickly, haha. you can look at examples. We've been talking about Tamar being raped by her brother. Well, he thought on that and he thought on that. So he had an evil, he had a thought and then he thought on it and then he justified it and it became in his heart and it led to him being murdered. See it with David. He looked at the woman and said, it is turning away and going to war where he should have. He thought on it. He thought on it. He justified it. It got in his heart. Now he has evil thoughts and now it goes to adultery. The other went, to, to uh, rape. Do you see what I'm saying? 
So these evil thoughts has, has a real spirit of its own though. And that's what the Lord's like, you know, you can quit doing these other things. You could put these other things off, but I want you to go after that spirit that, that captures those thoughts and still throws them up at you. Amen. So for those who are ready, let's just pray. I want you to stand up. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for thinking they were my thoughts. They're evil thoughts. And I'm holy because you're holy. I belong to you. I agree with you. I agree with your Holy Spirit. I don't agree with evil spirits. I don't agree with evil thoughts. So forgive me for taking those thoughts in. Forgive me for being in agreement with them. Even from before I knew you. But even after I've known you, I ask you to forgive me for all those thoughts. I want nothing to do with evil thoughts. I want to be pure. I want to think pure. Forgive me for laughing at evil jokes, spreading evil rumors, being judgmental, critical, any of these things, self-righteous, thinking too highly of myself, stereotyping things, Any hate, self-hate, suicide, vengeance, any of these things, these evil thoughts that I allowed into my heart, I renounce them, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I command them to loose me, and the spirits attached to them have to leave. In Jesus' name, and go to the pit and get the punishment of Satan on Judgment Day. I just ask the Father for that. Now, Holy Spirit, pour out your cleansing over my heart right now. Cleanse my heart from these evil thoughts. Cleanse me completely. Now fill me up with more of you. I have the mind of Christ. Cleanse my heart so evil thoughts cannot come from my heart and register in my mind. I want them out. I want to be completely cleansed. Forgive me for giving into these thoughts. Forgive me for any action that I gave into based on these thoughts and set me free from those things too. In Jesus' name. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at 
Cindy Foster, Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.